0: How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman.
1: Welcome to this edition of the 2020s Enterprise. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing the concept of business architecture, and for those of you that have not heard that term before, basically, it is a baseline for addressing and managing an organization, and it has the equivalency in the physical world to blueprints uh, for a house or a building or something like that. In other words, it's some reference point that you use to move the organization forward in the case of a house or a building to actually build the house itself or the building itself that's there. So the concept of architecture, that phrase is the same. It's something that you can look at and say, okay, this is what we want. And then you bring in a general contractor, so to speak, uh, to move forward. In the case of business architecture, we're gonna suggest the same thing. Some explicit series of representations that an organization needs that they can react to that's there. So let's take a look at the definition first. I'm going to start with the definition first, then I'm going to back into the uh, the details you know, that are there. Now, I before the show, I uh, went to uh, uh, Google, also known as a popularity contest engine. And on an upcoming show, I'm going to be talking about that phrase, People think it is a search engine, it is actually not meeting the requirements of an actual search engine. It doesn't mean that you can't use it, but just like everything else that we have on the internet, it's kind of important to recognize what things are and what they aren't. So I'm not suggesting you don't use Google or Facebook or uh, Bing or any of the Yahoo or things like that, but we have to recognize what they are and how they were built and how they actually bring the information forward to you. In the case of business architecture, the reason I did this, I typed in the phrase business architecture, and I found 7.7 billion references. Now, that in itself tells you that something is, is kind of wrong with where you're searching, because we all know that the actual information that we want uh, is on page 4,383,592. We just have to figure out how to get there now. I'm trying to be a little bit humorous, but perhaps listening to the show can get us an understanding of business architecture a little bit uh, quicker that's there. So what is this thing? Well, it is essentially a roadmap, a map, an understanding that's there. And so I'm going to read you our definition of what business architecture is, and then we're going to go into the details just a little bit so it can understand what's going on. So literally off of our website, which is BACOE.org, the Business Architecture Center of Excellence, uh, .org, the definition that we have is business architecture is explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as is state through a set of independent, non-redundant artifacts, defining how these artifacts relate with each other, developing a set of prioritized and aligned capabilities needed to meet the organization's goals, communicating this understanding to stakeholders and advancing the organization from its as is state to its desired state. So if you haven't picked that up quickly on the audio and this broadcast, as I said, please go to our website. You'll be able to take a look at that definition and study a little bit more. So we're going to take a little bit of time here to go through this definition because it really explains what business architecture is. So let's look at a few phrases as we start. Business architecture is explicitly representing an organization. We're going to stop there for a moment. Now, one of the key words is explicit. And the word says we have to make it so people can understand it. In the world that we're in, we suggest that the explicit representations need to be understood by the, an uninitiated person, meaning somebody that is not familiar with business architecture, is not the architect, in less than 90 seconds, and we really mean that. So explicit representations. Now the key to that is if the business architect draws something or writes something down, there is an intent and meaning there, the person reading that should get the exact same meaning and then you know that you have a good representation of what is going on. So that's the word explicit, very, very, very important that's there. Now let's continue on, representing an organization. Organization is a boundary condition. What are you going to architect? So let's look at the physical uh, uh, analogy just for a moment. Are we architecting the kitchen, or the kitchen and the dining room? or the kitchen, and the dining room, and the living room, or the whole house, or the neighborhood, or the city, or the county, or the state, or the United States, et cetera, et cetera. As those boundary conditions change, the phrase that needs to be recognized is that once we get outside the defined boundary condition, the word that we need to remember is the word interface, which is different than the word integrate. So within what we've architected, integration can occur. Outside of that, interfacing doesn't say that one is bad and one is good. We just have to recognize the limitations of what's there. Now, if we have a tremendously architected and implemented kitchen and a tremendously architected and implemented dining room, and somebody comes to us and say, oh, jeez, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you that we now have to get from the kitchen to the dining room. What's going to happen in the physical world is scrap and rework. It doesn't mean that it can't happen, but you know there's going to be a cost involved in doing that. And that's what we have to recognize in our businesses, too. It's the same thing. Just because the word software sounds very gentle versus hardware <laughs> There's no difference, they're implementations. They have a inherent limitation once the implementation is occurring. It's not good or bad, it's just a recognition that we have to have there. So coming back to the definition, business architecture is explicitly representing an organization. Now we have a couple of other words here. Desired state and as is state. And those two phrases are in that order deliberately because we're talking to human beings and human beings are not compilers. And we have certain strengths and limitations that need to be recognized by the architects. And those are the, quote, soft skills. We have to recognize the human condition, not just be able to get on a computer and draw some things out there and say, here, here you go. We have to recognize the strengths and limitations of people's thought processes. So our strong, 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 strong recommendation is that when you're actually developing a series of representations to move your organization forward, you actually do start with that desired state first. What is that stretch that you're trying to reach? And then we actually look at the as is state where we are. And if you remember back to your physics classes, we have to have two points to get to some, de- some de- destination, the desired state and as is state. It's vitally important that we do things in that order to provide a really solid understanding of where the organization wants to go. A lot of organizations spend a lot of time doing desire, the, excuse me, the as is state, and can't figure out why there's minimal or zero. Uh, change that occurs and that's because the binders are on just as a human condition. So let's go back again to beginning the definition because we'll work through this you know one piece at a time. Business architecture is explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as a state. How do you do that? Through a set of independent non-redundant artifacts. That's a little bit of a mouthful, independent, non-redundant artifacts. What that means is, can we, as professional architects, sit back and study this field for a moment and figure out what's the minimum things that we need to understand something, rather than just going out there and saying, oh, let's try this and let's try that and let's try that. Oh, we've got this whole encyclopedia of different approaches that are out there. Uh, Let's see which one works Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, the concept of, of an encyclopedia, a body of knowledge, is wonderful, but let's think about that as what it is. It's a body of knowledge. But is there a way to actually scientifically or mathematically look at this and say, what's the minimum set? We've got enough work to do as an organization. The business has enough work to do as an organization. We don't want to be floundering around with these basic fundamental concepts that are there. So what is that set? Of independent, non redundant artifacts. Well, quite directly, there are six things we have to understand. And all of you have, in your passing, run across these things. And those are what, how, where, who, when, and why. What, how, where, who, when, and why. If you don't write these things down, it doesn't mean they're not there. It just means that you're guessing about that. And that's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. Guessing is not good. Gut feel is not good. Yeah, it feels good, but perhaps there's a way to look at it. Now, we'll be discussing those what, how, where, who, when, and why things in just a little bit. And those are called, in the science, in the theory, a little fancy name, interrogatives. They're called interrogatives. But there are six things we need to understand. There's not five, there's not four, there's not three, and what we have to remember is that if we don't write those down, it doesn't mean they're not there. It means that we're guessing about these things, which is a very dangerous thing as we see organizations complexity increasing. So business architecture is explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as is state through a set of independent non-redundant artifacts. That's where we are so far. And we call those the architectural elements that we have to understand. And from a what, how, where, who, when, and why standpoint, just briefly, the whys are the strategies and goals that we have. The hows are the processes and activities. The whats are the materials and things, the data, the stuff, the raw materials that we make stuff with. The who are the roles and responsibilities. Another phrase you may use is the skills we need to carry out the activities in our organization. The where are the locations and geography? Where are you actually doing things? And the when is one of the most important elements. Not that the other five are not, but this is one that a lot of organizations don't think about. And that's what we refer to as the events and triggers. What brings the organization to begin actions? That's what the events and the triggers are. So the what, how, where, who, when, and why, each one of those have an understanding that we need there. And the other phrase that we need to think about is what's referred to as mutually exclusive, yet collectively exhaustive. And what that phrase means, mutually exclusive, yet collectively exhaustive, is that nothing is left out and there is no redundancy. There's no entropy, there's no waste. It's the optimal set of things we need to understand what we're trying to do. And once we have that, the next thing we're going to do is to define how these artifacts relate with each other. So, for example, wouldn't it be nice to know what processes we need in our organization to achieve our goals? Yeah, that'd be pretty good. What about the skills that we need to perform what processes? Yeah, that'd be very good to know. What about the data we need to perform what processes? What about the locations that our goals need to be met at? What about the events that we need to react to as we move forward? Now, we call those by two different names. In business architecture, we tend to refer to those as relationship models, relating two things together that make your organization, unique and distinct. It's your DNA. It's what makes you different than your competitors. The way that you actually, we call them implementation or relationship models, implement what your organization does. And that's the agility that we can get in the organization when we recognize there's various ways to do these things as we move forward. Now, from that we now have a series of two sets of representations. We have the what, how, where, who, when, and why, the architectural elements that are there, and we have the relationships on how those things relate to each other. And from that, we need to develop a series of capabilities needed to meet the organization's goals. What are the things that we now need? Once we understand the goals we're trying to achieve, and the processes, and all the other elements, and how they interact, what capabilities do we need to achieve the goals of the organization? And the capabilities are an output of the architecture. We don't start with a series of conjectures and say, I think I need this, and I think I need that, and I think I need this, and I think I need that. We actually use the architecture to figure out what we need in an optimized manner. And once we have that, we need to communicate that understanding to the various stakeholders. And that communication in today's world, in today's businesses need to be done in less than 90 seconds. Now the emphasis there needs to be in understanding what is represented. Now we can't develop these things in 90 seconds, but when we show them to a business stakeholder, or a client, or a mission director, or a vice president, or a CEO, or CFO, or a client, whatever you want to call them. They need to be understand, understand what we're displaying to them in less than 90 seconds. And that is what we're going to be doing or using to advance the organization from its as-is state to its desired state. So briefly... Business architecture is explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as is state through a set of independent, non-redundant artifacts, defining how these artifacts relate with each other, developing a set of prioritized and aligned capabilities needed to meet the organization's goals, communicating this understanding to stakeholders to advance the organization from its as-is state to its desired state. And that's our definition of business architecture. And hopefully there's some clarity there now to what this particular thing is. And so in just a few seconds, we're gonna take a short break. And what we're gonna be doing after we come back from our break is to look more explicitly and in detail to these various components to bring a little understanding to our audience here as to why people want to do this, why it's important to have these explicit representations and understand the meaning that's there. So once again, we're just going to take a short break. You're listening to Sam Holzman. This is the 2020s Enterprise. And today we're talking about business architecture. And of course, I can always be reached at sam at eacoe.org. Sam at eacoe.org. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes.
0: Is your organization in the Internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit pinnaclebusinessgroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book Reaching the Pinnacle A Methodology of Business Understanding, Technology Planning, and Change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise Architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at e-a-c-o-e org. That's sam at e-a-c-o-e org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back to this
1: episode of the 2020s Enterprise. Uh, we're discussing the concepts of business architecture. Hopefully that it's not too mystical to anyone, you know, the first segment we went through and uh, sort of took apart the definition of business architecture uh, to some level of understanding, I hope, and so let's just repeat that for just a moment and then we'll continue on here. So what is this concept? Business architecture is explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as is state through a set of independent, non-redundant artifacts and those are the what, how, where, who, when, and why. Defining how these artifacts relate with each other. For example, what processes do you need to achieve the organization's goals? Uh, what skills do you need to perform various processes? Things like that. We call those relationship or implementation models between those six elements that are there. And from that, we develop a series of prioritized, prioritized against the business drivers, capabilities. And we'll discuss that word in just a little bit, what a capability is needed to meet the organization's goals. And once we have that, we need to communicate that understanding to various stakeholders. And the operative phrase that goes along with that is in less than 90 seconds. And that is not a joke. We need to make sure that what we're delivering is understandable by people that are not steeped and practiced in business architecture in less than 90 seconds. And then, of course, what we lead to is advancing the organization from its as-is state to its desired state. Well, why should we do this? Well, quite simply, we need a baseline for addressing and managing continuous business change. A baseline for addressing and managing continuous business change. I'm going to ask our audience a rhetorical question. What is your baseline? What do you use? Change is almost continuous in organizations today. We keep hearing about that word agile in an organization or a series of technologies. But how do you get an agile business environment? I can assure you it's not by hand crafting solutions. You're never going to get there. Such a silly concept when we think about it. Handcrafting is handcrafting. It can't possibly keep up with the business change that's out there. And what is this word capabilities? What, what does that mean? And we'll get into that in just a moment. That's there. Real business architecture, as we defined it in our first segment here, is the enabler of the business capabilities that you need. And those are the results of a business architecture. And that will drive the business to its desired state. So let's take a look for just a moment at this word capabilities. Now, if you look up that word in in the dictionary, you sort of see what it, it makes a little bit of sense. It's something that we need to do. It's a capability we have. Capability that I hopefully have is educating people in business architecture and in enterprise architecture and things like that. That's a capability that I have. Um, Another capability could be something like protection of intellectual capital. I have the capability to be able to do that. A capability they may have is development of websites. It's a capability that I have. How about managing vendors? That's another capability that I have. Buying merchandise. Management of customer relationships. Brand extension. Innovation and manufacturing. As you can probably see here, those phrases have some possible meaning to you, but it's sort of like a table of contents. And we all know that if we look at a book and we see a table of contents, what we're expecting after that content (laughs) what is it so these are really names of capabilities that an organization may have or may need in the future and that's why we always look at the desired state you know versus as is state so if we look for example at the transportation industry a capability that is now being sought after uh, and bazillions of dollars being spent on is The concept of autonomous movement of people that's the capability it's a general phrase I'm using rather than saying driverless car may not be a car one of my favorite old television shows is the Jetsons well they sort of had a car (laughs) that was there and if you remember um, what uh, Jane Jetson the, uh, the housewife I hope that's still politically correct. I apologize if people are offended by that. I hope they're not. Uh, She was making dinner and making meals and she was using the food cycle. So the capability of making meals was something that we do today and in Stardate 5823 when Jane was using her food cycle. But how we do it is different. We still need that particular capability that's there the enablement of that may be different. So as you can probably tell, the list of names of capabilities is endless and it really doesn't give us much. It's sort of like, as I love to say, the bobblehead nod, the bobblehead nod. Yep, yeah, we need that. Any questions? Yep, we need that. Yep, any questions? Yep, we need that. Any questions? And all of a sudden somebody say, well, I don't think we need that. Okay, that's great, we just eliminated one. These are just a bunch of names. And the English language was never set up to be standalone with just names. There's always content behind it. Please remember a dictionary, for example. A dictionary's got a bunch of names, but as you know, as soon as you get into the dictionary, there's content there that explains what that name is. So when it comes to capabilities, we have that same thing. So let's say that we're in the boat charter business. I don't know if anybody on with us today is in the boat charter business. That's Fine, And so one of the things that uh, a company that's in the boat charters would possibly want to do is preparation of charters. They got to prepare for it. That's there. And so that capability, for example, will coordinate all the activities required to increase the options available for charters. We'd like to sell more stuff. And this capability will address preparing of the charters outfitting the sailboats for the journey that's there with the equipment and supplies required to meet a particular charter. And there could be various charters. There could be some with big boats and little boats and some with captains and cooks and some with uh, people doing it themselves and some in, uh, uh, you know, uh, with sails, some without sails, with engines Uh, some in uh, exotic locations that uh, require certain types of navigation activities, et cetera, et cetera. So you can sort of see how many different types of capabilities are possible. Now, within that, the reason we're setting this up in our organization, first and foremost, is there's a bunch of things that we want to achieve. There's some goals we want to achieve or else we wouldn't be doing this. So one of the things we need to do within the capability is to identify what what goals are we trying to achieve or what will this particular capability help us achieve? So for example, one of the goals that we may have for this particular capability is to achieve at least 40% repeat business. So this capability won't be good unless it achieves 40% repeat business. I don't know if that number's high, low or whatever, but we know that that capability is meeting what we're trying to achieve if we meet that particular goal name that's there. The other thing we want this capability to do when we're preparing charters is to have no complaints, zero complaints. So it's not only that we're trying to have repeat business, but we want people to be really, really satisfied with the charter that they're they're using. And the other thing we're looking at to make sure that all of this sort of fits together for this boat charter preparation from a client standpoint is decrease the amount of equipment failures because we know that when we do have a charter and the bathroom doesn't work or the stove doesn't work or the engine fails a little bit or stutters or the air conditioning doesn't work, it's going to be hard for us to achieve 40% repeat business and of course we're It's gonna be hard for us not to have a bunch of complaints. So you can see how all these things tie together. Nothing stands alone, even within that very simple concept of A1 capability. So you can see how all of this ties together. And we have to identify those. We have to make it explicit, explicit so people can react to it and understand what that means. Now, within that capability, another thing we have to understand is well how are we going to do this what are the processes that we believe are required for that particular capability now of course in a broadcast like this i'm trying to simplify just for a little bit for understanding and hope we're getting that we've got two processes that are in this capability one is to repair charters and the other is outfit sailboats Those are kind of obvious because those are the two things we wanted to do. Um, Sorry about that for those of you that didn't recognize that quickly, but those are the two things. And of course, in real examples, there would be a lot more. Now, what do we need to achieve those particular processes? How do we do those? What do we need? What's the raw material? What's the stuff? What's the data in the case of technology But in our case, what's the stuff that we need to prepare charters and outfit sailboats? And we need an explicit list of those. So we've got to have a sailboat. Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, We need some equipment suppliers. Um, We need some maintenance tools. Of course, we need some customers for that particular sail charter type. We need to know about preferences for various types of things. And we need to know about sales forecasts, for example. And those become part of understanding the capability and what's within the capability to make all this happen. We also need a bunch of skills to carry out that capability. And a couple of the skills that we need, some of the roles that people will play, is a... uh, a charter operator, and that could be various types of people that do that, or mechanized devices. We need maintenance talents, and those maintenance talents can be for a variety of things. Engines, air conditioning, stoves, hull repair, sail repair, et etc. et cetera. All those different types of things. And, of course, underlying all that, because we are sometimes in kind of exotic places when we're doing our sailing training operations to train people in the various skills that we need, you know, to move forward. And that brings us to where do we want this capability to be enabled in? Of course, it's easy to say everywhere, (laughs) okay? Well, what does that mean? Because Antarctica is a little bit different than Turks and Caicos. Maybe we need both of those. Well, the capabilities and all the pieces that we're talking about here, all the elements, the what, how, where, who, when, and why are radically affected by the locations that we believe we need our capabilities in. So we need them in the Caribbean region. Now, what parts of the Caribbean? We may look at that. And the only place we're going to do boat charter preparation Uh, in the US is going to be in Key West Florida. Okay, we're going to identify that particular location as a place we're going to do our chartering from. And we're also going to try to hit just one area of Jamaica, Montego Bay, nothing else. That's our strategy. We want to concentrate on that particular area. And finally, the other area that we want to look at is the Mediterranean, because we know there's a lot of neat things going on in sailing nowadays in that particular part of the world. Notice what we have here, explicit representation of all of these pieces that we're talking about. And the final element we need to understand about our capability is the events that this capability needs to be responsive to. So for example, one of the events that this capability needs to react to is a customer places an order. What are all the things that this capability needs to react to when that happens? Another event we may have is a invoice is sent. Sounds kind of mundane. Another thing could be an anchor is lost. (laughs) That's another event (laughs) that may be there. Uh, Whoa, (laughs) that could be a problem that's there. Another event could be a charter is missed. Could have a maintenance issue or things like that. So these elements, these six elements, make up the total understanding of such a simple phrase as boat charter preparation. You can see the amount of granularity that's required to really understand that and none of these elements that i've described to you are hard to understand by themselves but if you don't have explicit representations of all of this you can just imagine how much guessing is going on and this is not difficult it's just expressive it's not big models it's expressive and if you look at these elements as i've done here and you take them apart in those six elements, each one of these is relatively easy to understand once we have a frame of reference. So I describe the capabilities in six different categories. Here's the goals it's trying to achieve. Here's the things that it needs, materials or the data. Here's the processes that are involved in this particular capability. Here are the talents or roles that we need to carry out this capability. Here's the locations that we want to operate on. And here's the events that this capability needs to react to. And that's the what, how, where, who, when, and why. And so for each capability, we have these elements that make up that particular capability. And of course, we can have many, many different capabilities that can use these same type of elements that are there. So this concept of capabilities, is the output of business architecture. So we're gonna take another short break. We're talking about business architecture and what it is and how it drives the organization to its desired state. You're listening to the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holtzman. I can be reached at EACoE.org, Sam at EACoE.org. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes.
0: Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, A Methodology of Business Understanding, Technology Planning, and Change by Leading Enterprise Architect Practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise Architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise.
1: Business Architecture, the key to addressing continuous change in the organization is our topic today, and what we're talking about is identifying for the organization the needed capabilities they need need to move forward, and that's through not conjecture, but through a process that is traceable and transparent both for the business people and for the people that are actually implementing that capability in an organization that's there. So let's just repeat one more time the definition that we're talking about here. So business Architecture is explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as-is state, where we want to go and where we're at, through a set of independent, non-redundant artifacts. Those are the what, how, where, who, when, and why's. Each one of these elements makes up the cap- capability that's there. From that, we define how these artifacts relate to each other. In other words, what processes do we need to achieve what goals? Or what skills do we need to perform what processes? what materials or data that we need to perform, what processes, those types of things that are there. We call those the relationships between those what, how, where, who, when, and why elements that are there. Once we have that, we need to develop the capabilities the organization needs to achieve its goals. And we're going to do that through a process or a methodology, not through just conjecture. And it needs more than a name. Boat Charter Preparation is a nice name, but as we talked in the last segment, it has six elements, and each one of those elements have to be understood, or else we're going to have conjecture or guessing, or the bobblehead nod, as I like to call it. And from this development, we're going to communicate this understanding to stakeholders so they understand what is going on in a business-driven language that's there, and the operative phrase within that Is within less than 90 seconds because that sort of is the attention span you know that we see nowadays and that's not a bad guide if we can't explain it in that particular point period of time I'm not talking about implementing the capability but conveying the importance of that capability to the business people to see how they can achieve their goals if we actually develop that capability for them or with them that's there and of course the end objective is to advance the organization from where it is today, the as-is state, to its desired state. And the reason this is becoming so important is because business is now really something that should be referred to as in a continuous business change cycle. Once we have something built, we know that there's a period of time that they, that may have a competitive advantage, but right after we have that competitive advantage, we should understand that Nothing is standing alone, nothing stands still, and we have to evolve and continuously look at new capabilities as the business changes that's there. And the end objective is to have an agile business environment. And that word agility has a lot of different connotations to it nowadays. We understand that. But it's an agile business, an agile enterprise is what we're looking for from all of these methods and techniques and processes and things like that. And that's what we refer to as real business architecture. And real business architecture will help us build these capabilities to address, lead, and manage business change. That's what it's about. It's the baseline for addressing and managing continuous change that's there. And of course, from this understanding, We'll have a series of business capabilities that can be reused continuously in the organization. They're not throwaways. some of them may throw away after a while, but they can all be reused. And that brings us to an agile environment. We have things in inventory that we can grab out of inventory to be able to move forward. And this concept of assembling to what we need is vital now what's fascinating is if you look outside of enterprises you have this concept of assembly everywhere you we know, do walk into a grocery store and it's organized in a manner in which you can walk through the grocery store now you can get prepared foods in the grocery store but you can go into the baked goods section or baking section and you get flour and sugar and you go over to the dairy section and you get some milk and cream and you go over to the uh, utensil section and you get some pans and, you know, things like that. And you go to the uh, uh, condiment section you get some chocolates that are there. And then when you get back to your office or home or wherever it is, you can assemble those as you required it, as you require, uh, and you can make a, a chocolate cake. So one of the capabilities that we need is to make a chocolate cake. And within that, You have to understand, you know, what's the goal of the chocolate cake? Is the goal of the chocolate cake uh, to satisfy hunger? That's an interesting one. Or is the goal to uh, reward good behavior? Since I have grandchildren, I know what that's about now. So you can see how within that capability, we need to understand what the goals or objective are. And so the ingredients list that I just talked to you about You know the capability is making a chocolate cake and the the things that we're talking about the materials are the things that are just listed off and so the other thing we need to know is well how are we going to do this within that capability what's the processes that allow us to meet that capability you know you know mix flour and water you know melt chocolate (laughs) these are all the processes that are out there and who's involved well you have the uh butcher the baker the candlestick maker <laughs> you have the various types of talents that are involved and where we're going to do this you know for out in uh you know aspen colorado at uh, 7000 feet um that's going to be a little different than um, you know making it in uh, detroit michigan or somewhere else uh you know that's out there so locations are kind of important it's there and what are the events we need to react to um you know for this particular capability. You know, a a new order is placed, so we want to send people a chocolate cake, okay? A bad customer experience occurred, and we need to send somebody a chocolate cake. Maybe the ingredients are gonna be different. It's a bad experience, and we wanna, you know, we're gonna use Godiva chocolate versus Hershey's. I have nothing against either one of those companies, but you know what I'm talking about. So you can see how all these things can mix together that's a little bit of a pun, mixed together to come up with different results for that capability. And that's why each one of these elements is so important. So the concept of business architecture is about coming up with a series of business aligned capabilities to move the organization forward to its desired state. Now, what is this word business when it comes to business architecture? Well, once again, it has a similar connotation, similar definition to the word organization. It's a boundary condition. Are we going to define the architecture around just boat charter preparation or about boat charter preparation and actually enabling the guest experience? In other words, we're going to talk about, you know, providing... Uh, pilots or captains or cooks? Uh, What about this and that? What about the sales process and all these other things? What about our partners? How about our suppliers? How about regulators? We know that that's gonna be involved in here. How about wholesalers? How about retailers? So what is the business context? And so that word is a boundary condition. Are we gonna architect all of those? or just a piece of it. Now the smaller we architect things, probably the faster we're gonna come up with solutions. On the other hand, when we actually have things that need to be interfaced, that's the word, we have new connections that we have to look at. And so the definition of business in this context is a collection of roles and responsibilities. So that's one of the things we have to identify to understand how that capability may be deployed. Because all of those different conditions, if we hand this capability off to a third party, it may have to have different understandings than if we do it internally. Or if we provide it as a package solution that's not customized. So this concept of what this boundary condition is is very, very important to us. And so as we look all of this, I look at all of this, We have to have a process to be able to make this capability. And a better word for that is really a methodology, an approach that we need to actually build this capability for an organization. So what we have here is a series of items that are there. We have a frame of reference for us to understand that capability and that's the what, how, where, who, when, and why. We have an understanding that there's two types of representations that we need. The elements that are there and the relationships between those elements. And we call those either relationship representations or implementation representations. In other words, how are we going to bring these things together? And the fourth element that we have is the concept of a methodology a process step one step two step three step four it's much more than a body of knowledge it's actually a pathway to allow us to achieve the desired results we're looking for and so that methodology guides the process for us to be able to develop those capabilities it's also standardization so it can be repeated in the organization sort of like a recipe once again, okay? And of course, it can be customized since it's written down to meet various understandings that may be required, you know, as we move forward. And so the four elements of of business architecture are the frame of reference, the elements for architecture, the understanding of the relationship between those elements, we call relationship models or relationship representations. And the fourth element is the process or the methodology. And each one of those is separate. And within that, the last word I want to define is what is architecture? Not business architecture, but architecture. And architecture has a consistent definition. It's an art and science of building something. And in this case, the building that we're doing is business capabilities. We're building business capabilities. Within that architecture, that word is an art and science. What's the science? Equals MC squared. I equals D over T. F equals MA. I'm giving you the physical things here. You may not like the law of gravity in the physical world, but gravity doesn't care. So there's science that we can use to build these capabilities. The art form is why one in the physical world, one building looks different than the other. That's the talent of the business architect or in the physical world, the architect, the building architect that uses the sciences to please a customer in a different way. And of course that comes through experiences um, that the architect has, you know, through many iterations of that. And those things come through practice. Some of the things are pleasing to people, and some people aren't. So we have a frame of reference. We have architecture models, relationship models. And the fourth element is a methodology. And that is what we need to come up with the concepts of business architecture as we, uh, as we see them. So business architecture is the baseline For allowing us to build a series of capabilities for our organization to move the organization from its desired state to its as-is state. In our upcoming episode of the 2020s Enterprise, we're going to describe to you a field-proven and tested methodology to actually develop a business architecture and develop the capabilities that are there. And that's gonna be coming up in our next episode of the 2020s Enterprise. So we'll take this definition of business architecture and give you sort of a how-to guide if you wanna move forward and actually build a business architecture for your organization that aligns the goals of the organization with the business capabilities that you need that's there. So you've been listening to the 2020s Enterprise, I'm Sam Holtzman. I can be reached at sam at e-a-c-o-e dot org. Until next time, stay well, stay good, and we'll be talking about the methodology for business architecture in our next episode. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020s Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holzman again for another edition of our program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then.